0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Neil, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Edge Church, and I just want to welcome you, whether you're in person in house churches or you're watching just online. Um, I don't know about you, um, but I am not a huge fan of waiting on things. Like, there's really nothing that I can think of that I like to wait on. I don't like long lines in grocery stores. I don't like to wait for vacation. And when I'm on my way um, on a trip, I, I can't stand how long it takes. I was definitely the kid when I was growing up that would look at my mom or dad and say, are we there yet? And I remember I, I always knew when it was time to stop because my dad would just look over the, look over his shoulder and I just knew like it's time to be quiet. I also didn't like waiting to to meet the right girl to marry, and I'm so thankful that I waited for the right one. Um, I hated waiting nine long months to meet my kids for the first time. The bottom line is I'm just not great being patient, and I would guess that some of you are just like that, that you struggle with being patient too. Attention spans are down and frustration levels are up. Have you noticed that? Um, news cycles are shorter, and so are sermon lengths. And some of you guys are like, hey, we're so glad for the latter. Maybe it's a sign of the times, and maybe it's a product of the difficulty that we've, we've experienced in the, the last couple of extremely weird years with COVID and racial issues and all of the isms that have caused pain that we experience in our society today. And Maybe, honestly, it's just human nature, and if we looked back far enough, we would see that we're just part of a bigger cycle, the bigger picture, that humans have always cycled in and out of trends and of levels of psychological fitness. No matter how well you wait, it's just a part of the human experience. And a mark of maturity in humans is learning to embrace delayed gratification. Because what is quick is not always the best. And that goes for every single aspect of our lives. The spiritual life, the spiritual experience is no different than that. We want to change and we want to change now. We want miraculous healings and we want to see God move in people's hearts. When? We want it right now. And while he certainly can do things like that, and and certainly even more than that, it seems to me that more often than not, God's movement in our lives is a lot slower, and there's more of a process about it. But that's easier to recognize when we step back and we sort of look at everything at a 30,000-foot view instead of the ground view that, that we experience on a daily basis, that's often skewed by the monotonous tasks and moments of each day. Yet in all of this, wherever we find ourselves, God tells us that one day, all of this will be worth it. But we'll have to trust him, and in the meantime, there is no getting around waiting. Through the inspiration of the Spirit of God, the Apostle Paul wrote this encouragement to the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in the middle of verse 16 and going through verse 18. He says, Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Now, that sounds beautiful, but it's really, really hard to do, isn't it? Paul is basically saying that your life, no matter how long and no matter how short it is, it's going to be troubling. And there's going to be a lot of waiting. But shift your focus on what is to come. Because soon, in other words, soon, no matter how long you live, whether you live just to be a teenager or you live to be 105, soon everything's going to make sense and ultimately you will look back and say that it was worth it. So if things are taking a little bit longer than you'd like, if it seems like your life is really only full of trouble and pain, I want you to know this, God sees you and I see you too. I see you because I've often felt like that recently after the loss of my mom in March. But I am holding on to this spiritual reality that one day, all the struggles in my life and all the struggles in your lives will be distant memories in the light of Jesus that we're going to get to experience for all of eternity. But what do we do in the waiting? Because if we just look ahead, And we imagine this incredible experience. We we still have a lot of years most likely to to live out here where we have to wait. So, what do we do in the waiting? Because we will wait. There's no question about it, and there's no way to avoid it. The reality is, we can fill up our lives with a lot of things. Those can be good, and those can also be really bad. But what is the first order of importance? In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, Um, we get this great example of waiting and doing it with intention. Verse 1, it says, In my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. So just real quick, I want to mention Theophilus. Like, who is this? Why why is the author writing to uh, someone named Theophilus? We don't know exactly who Theophilus is, but we suspect that he was a key leader at the time, and and he was being addressed in this letter. Um, The author continues, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he, Jesus, appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They waited for days and they prayed in a place uh, that we know of as the upper room, which was really just the upper floor of the house where they most likely also had the Last Supper. It was a huge space on like the second floor of a house where believers could gather. And most, um, most uh, writers will say that it was where John Mark grew up, um, and the house was owned by his mother, Mary. It was dangerous at this time to be a disciple of Jesus, so they didn't gather in public buildings like a lot of us would today, but they gathered in house churches just like we are today. And just like they did, we are going to wait on the Lord today. So here is the, the one main question for whatever space you're gathering in that we're going to ask. We're, gonna, we're just going to ask this, God, what is it that you want to do in our midst today? A simple question. Now we ask that with intention because we believe that God is real and he's alive and he's active. And we are just saying, Lord, what do you want to do in this space with all of us gathered here today? What do you want to do in my heart today, God? It's interesting because in the book of Acts, we realize that the disciples, 120 of them gathered in this space. And they prayed for nine or 10 days. And then God suddenly answered with great power. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. They were still in that upper room. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Most of our days aren't filled with excitement like that, are they? Most of our days feel pretty common and sometimes a little boring. I read a story this week about Christopher Columbus, and uh, after he had successfully sailed to the, the so-called New World, uh, many other sailors decided to take their ships and, and, and risk this, uh, this exciting journey also. They found something very interesting that when they got close to the equator, The winds died down to the point that they almost went to a standstill, and then they got stuck, and and their ship started to sort of meander around the ocean, and that could be weeks or even for months. It became so common that the sailors would say that this space that they were in, where, where there was no movement and they couldn't perceive any wind, they called it the doldrums. The word doldrum is synonymous with inactivity, stagnation, and depression. And I think we find the same thing in our lives sometimes too, don't we? We might have felt like at one time we heard something from God that he wanted to do in our lives. We we sense this direction and then suddenly it's as if all of the wind that started us out on that journey just disappeared and we're sort of left like, Did I even hear from God? Did I hear it wrong? Did I do something that's crossed the line and now he's changed his mind? Maybe he just doesn't want to use me. It's fascinating because the sailors that were stuck in the doldrums, eventually they made it out. And I think it's really, really important and interesting to note that all hurricanes in the Atlantic Ocean originate from the doldrums. Hurricanes, the most powerful wind on earth, originates in those spaces where there was seemingly little to no activity in the wind. And I think it's an easy parallel to see that this was just like the spiritual hurricane that God had prepared for the disciples in the upper room of prayer 2,000 years ago. So let's call on the Lord together today today. Let's see what he might want to do in our gatherings. God certainly is not limited uh, in in what he might want to do in any of us today, so let's just invite the Spirit of God to come today and do what he sees fit in the rest of our time together. Maybe in your house churches you're going to have an extended time of prayer, or maybe you're going to have a lot of silence. There's just sort of a reverent silence. Maybe God is going to impress upon someone a particular scripture, like you're sitting here and you just keep, imagine, you, you just keep hearing the scripture in your head, then share that. Maybe you'll just worship. Maybe God will heal you and restore you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that we get to come to you. We invite you into this space today. We invite you to visit us in each of our gatherings. We pray, God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would show up in just the way we need and in a way that gives you glory and honor, all the glory and honor that you deserve. God, just as you stirred a mighty wind of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago, we ask you to do That same thing with us today and it's in Jesus name that we pray amen in your house churches or wherever you're gathered I just want to encourage you to start with prayer and see how God leads and guides you today it's also very important that uh, when we talk about the Holy Spirit and and God sending his spirit it's essential for us to make sure that you understand that the very first order of business that any of us have with God is to receive the forgiveness and reconciliation that Jesus provided for us by dying on the cross for our sins. If you've never done that before and you wanna take that step, I'm gonna read just a few verses that tell you exactly how to do that. The apostle Peter tells us how to do that in Acts 2, verses 38 through 40. He says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, it's to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. It says, then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked, generation. If you want to take your next steps in your spiritual journey, I would love to hear from you, and you can email me, neil at edgearora.com. If you would like to be baptized, like you you want to take this Acts 2.38 step where where we're called to repent and then be baptized, you can email Hillary, hillary at edgearora.com, and she will make sure that you get signed up for our next baptism, which is going to be on Father's Day, June 19th. Finally, we want to hear about how God ended up showing up in your gatherings today. When you share your testimonies, you are giving someone else an encouragement in their faith, that boost that they need, because when they hear what God, how he showed up in your life and in your gathering, it gives them the boost that they need to believe that God is going to show up in their lives too. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.